0: Welcome to the Travel and Adventure Photography School podcast. This is episode 17 and I'm your host, Robert Massey. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects in photography, and that's gear and all the accessories that go around with it. There are a plethora of camera accessories on the market today. And it can all be a bit confusing about which ones you need, which ones you don't, and choosing the right gear can get a bit overwhelming. Well, today, my aim is to help cut through some of that confusion and give you a list of the gear I think is fundamental for anyone doing travel or adventure photography. Because as someone who likes to take their gear on planes and on their backs all over the world, you have different needs than someone who can set up their camera on a tripod in their studio. So this list is geared towards you. The traveling and adventuring photographers, those who put many kilometers on their shoes and many hours in the air, in cars, on boats, and on trains. All right, let's get going. Let's talk about some gear. Firstly though, one of the things we won't address today is which camera you should buy or which specific lens you should buy. That will come down to many personal choices and factors like what you are photographing, how you photograph, how much weight you want to carry, and your budget. So no direct camera recommendations here today. We will, however, go over some of my favorite cameras in an upcoming episode and give you a rundown of some of the things to look for in a good travel camera. So watch for that in an upcoming episode. Today, we also won't talk about the obvious things like bringing extra batteries and memory cards. All right, all that being said, the very first thing I will suggest you is some types of lenses to look at getting for your kit. There are two lenses I always like to have with me when traveling. A walk-around lens that covers a semi-wide angle of view to a semi-telephoto view, this would be something like a 24-105 to 105 lens that every camera maker makes. One of the reasons I love the 24-105 to 105 focal range for a walk-around travel lens is that you can photograph most subjects in most situations you will come across. The other reason I love this focal length is the lenses aren't too big and heavy, meaning they aren't really a burden to carry around for a day. I would make sure you can get one that has a constant aperture if you can afford it as this makes shooting much easier and ensures you have as much available light as you can when you zoom in on a subject. The other lens I like to have with me is an ultra wide angle low light lens. Look for something like a 14mm f2.8. This gives you a portable lens that you can pop on whenever you enter dark spaces or whenever you are somewhere very tight. These ultra-wide lenses are great for getting photos inside cathedrals and other old buildings when it's really dark and you've got to step back a long ways and really try to get the whole building inside your shot. They're also great for getting landscapes and cityscapes because they give you a sweeping look of the world around you with about a 115 degree field of view. The low-light capabilities, which go down to 1.8 on Sigma lenses, let you take photos inside buildings without worrying about needing to crank your ESO or drop your shutter speed. These are such a great option for traveling because too often you will need to stitch back together panels inside buildings or you're just not going to be able to get the whole scene inside the frame or you're going to have to crank your ISO so the noise becomes unusable. You're going to have to do a lot of compromises and there's a lot of spaces where we won't be able to set up a tripod to be able to counteract that darkness, especially inside old historic buildings. And on a phone like the iPhone, you can use the ultra-wide-angle lens they have installed. But you can't shoot in RAW with the ultra-wide lens, and night mode doesn't work either. So you are severely limited when you are inside buildings or other dark spaces when shooting on a phone using an ultra-wide-angle lens. So in these instances, a DSLR or mirrorless is really going to get you much better photos, especially a DSLR or mirrorless with a prime lens like a 14mm 28 attached. Alright, those are two lenses you should think about for general travel and adventure photography. A wide-angle to semi-telephoto walk-around lens like the 24-105, and an ultra-wide-angle fast lens like a 14 f2.8. Next, carrying your camera. I am a firm believer in having a proper carry system to lug around your camera, your water, and everything else you will have with you over the course of a day. This means a backpack with an internal frame, waist strap, and proper shoulder straps. I also really like having a sternum strap, but that I find is highly personal. Proper daypacks will make a world of difference for you, regardless of the amount of gear you are carrying. The size of the daypack you will need will depend on where you are going, what you need with you, and the gear you are carrying. I tend to find I need a 35 liter bag for day hikes to carry my camera gear and my extra layers and food. Whereas when exploring European cities, I was fine using a 15 to 20 liter bag because we just needed water and some space for gear. So you might end up with one or two day bags hanging out around your house, or if you're anything like me, you're going to end up with five or six day packs hanging out around your house. But that's so that you have the right kind of gear for where you are going and what you are doing. I really love the stuff that F-Stop Gear makes. But backpacks are highly personal, so you need to go and look at quite a few to see which one suits your style and which one will go along best with the way you travel. But check out F Stop Gear's Mountain series for a start. The other piece of gear you need to change out is your camera strap. Stop using the strap that puts the camera around your neck if you are carrying it for any length of time. Really, just stop using that strap entirely. They put massive stress on your neck and upper back and throw your posture way out, leading to a much higher risk of injury. They also flap around in the wind when you have the camera on a tripod and you have no quick and easy way to remove them. So they are stuck there. There are so many better camera straps on the market today. Ones that can quickly release so you don't have to have the strap on and ones that will make carrying slightly less painful for your body. Instead, look for a strap that puts the camera across you in a sling style, if you like using camera straps at all. My preferred method, and better yet than a camera strap, would be to get a piece of gear that allows your backpack to carry the camera on the outside, not tucked away on the inside. It is vital that you have your camera at the ready when you are traveling and adventuring for those moments that spring up out of nowhere. The device I use to carry the camera on the outside of my backpack is the Capture Camera Clip from Peak Design. This little clip can go onto your belt or your backpack straps and allows you to drop the camera into it to carry it. I'll put some photos and a quick video up on the show notes to show you how this works, but this amazing little device makes sure that my camera is right there for me whenever I need it. The Capture Camera Clip Redistributes the weight of that camera into the carrying system on the backpack and not around my neck and around the other joints on my body, and really has helped save so many hours of pain and probably chiropractic visits for me at this point. So, I am a huge proponent of getting one of these little clips. So, that's your two pieces of carry gear a proper backpack with proper back support and weight distribution as well as a peak design capture camera clip, so you don't have to keep using a strap that throws your body out of whack. Now, onto some of my favorite accessories. First accessory, a tripod. I've talked lots about tripods on this podcast already, so I won't stick too long here, but it's essential for you to be able to capture certain types of photos. Like most of those amazing sunsets and sunrises and lots of those gorgeous cityscapes we drool at on Instagram... Tripods. Currently, I use a lightweight and tiny Vanguard VEO. It comes up to about five and a half feet and folds down to be about two feet tall. It's a great tripod for carrying around when you need a bit of versatility in what you are doing and what you are composing. One of the other tripods I use quite frequently is the Joby GorillaPod. These small, bendable tripods are great for taking shots in tight spaces and for being able to set up on bridge railings and on small rocks. Finally, There is a new tripod on the market that I love the looks of. I don't own it just yet, but I will. It's the Peak Design Travel Tripod. Peak Design redesigned the way tripod legs function. So instead of round tubes with empty spaces between them, the legs are all folded together into a nice tight package, saving you quite a bit of space. They have also made it about the size of a 1 liter Nalgene water bottle when it is folded down fully, so super easy to carry around. They've also changed how the tripod head works, so you have less knobs to figure out, and it looks amazing. We will put up a link to all of these tripods for you to be able to check out in the show notes. Alright, second accessory, a polarizing filter. Circular polarizers are filters that mount to the front of a lens. They allow you to reduce reflections in water and on glass and make the sky more or less blue. They are a fantastic resource for doing street photography while traveling because of the ability to reduce reflections, allowing you to more easily take photos on the other side of the glass. Third accessory, a neutral density filter. Neutral density filters, also known as ND filters, are dark filters you put on your lens, typically on the front, that block light from entering your camera. This allows you to decrease your shutter speed and drag out the way time and light enters your camera. They come in a variety of strengths, but are typically talked about in terms of stops of light that they block. You can get them in strengths to block everything from a half stop of light up to 10 stops or more. I've seen them go up to 22 stops of light at this point. I love to use neutral density filters to do the normal things like smooth out water and cause blurry clouds, but I also love them when traveling because they let me blur away crowds of people in front of tourist spots. Big neutral density filters, we're talking 10 stops or more, can allow you to drag your shutter open even in broad daylight long enough to have people blurred out of your image. Which is amazing for packed tourist sites because you can get a photo that makes it look like you were there all by yourself. And you don't need Photoshop to do it. You can do it entirely in camera. To properly use these filters... You will need a tripod and some kind of shutter release, although you could use the two second timer method. There are a number of different styles available from screw on mount ones that go on your filter threads on a lens to square ones that go on a filter mount. I currently use square filters made by San Francisco based Breakthrough Photography and I love them. One of the big things to watch out for with filters is getting cheap ones. There are tons of cheap filters available on the market and they're typically made from plastic or really low quality glass. Cheap filters will cause a horrible color cast in your images that can be very difficult to remove. So it is worth paying a bit more to get high quality filters because the quality of your images will be so much better. All right, fourth accessory, microfiber cleaning cloth and a cleaner. So, keep a couple of these cloths handy along with a very small cleaning solution meant for camera lenses in your bag to clean your lens when it gets spotted or dirty. Inevitably, our camera will get dirty while we are traveling, and you don't want to miss photos because your lens was covered in grime. By very small, I mean like less than a small bottle of eye drops. You don't really need much with you at all, but it is worth having around. I routinely clean my lenses either right when I get back from shooting or right before I head out in the morning, depending on when I have time and typically how exhausted I am after getting back. Cleaning them really only takes a few minutes and ensures you will have the highest possible quality with no worry about grime or spots or anything like that interrupting your photos. All right, your fifth and final accessory for today, memory card holders. This one is pretty straightforward, but get to memory card holders. Two may seem like an odd number, but there is a reason for that, especially if you are shooting with a camera that can record to multiple cards. You don't want to keep your camera and all your memory cards in the same space. This is because you can easily misplace your bag or admittedly have it taken from you, so you will lose all your images. Instead, and especially if you can record to two cards at once, Put one set of memory cards in a zipped up pocket or give them to your travel partner and a second set, if you can shoot to multiple cards, in your bag. This way, you aren't as likely to lose all of your images. And shooting to two cards also helps with that as you then don't have to worry about a card corrupting and you losing the images as you actually have two sets of them. So when possible, shoot to two cards and keep those two cards in separate locations. And that's really it for general gear. There are a number of other things you should probably have with you to make travel and adventuring better, like food and water and things like that, but that's for another podcast entirely. For today, those are the types of gear I would invest heavily in to create the best travel images that you can. To quickly go over them again for you, they are a walk-around lens, such as the 24-105, an ultra-wide-angle fast lens, such as the 14mm f2.8, a proper day pack a peak design capture camera clip, a tripod, a polarizing filter, a neutral density filter, microfiber cleaning cloths, and memory card holders. There are so many other interesting things that we can get into with travel and adventure photography, but they get into more specific types of photography than what most people are doing generally. So we will do another episode that includes those types of gear, such as people who want to do lots of wildlife photography or those into landscapes or action sports and the gear you need for those. But this is my list of stuff you will generally need unless you are doing something very specific. For now, do some research into the gear suggested here. Look into what type of photography gear will be helpful to you and decide on the budget you can spend. These are all going to be determining factors in which type of gear is right for you. All right, if you've got questions or comments about today's episode, don't be afraid to let us know. You can find us on Instagram at Travel Adventure Photo School, on Facebook at Travel and Adventure Photography School, and online at Travel and TravelandAdventurePhotographySchool.com. If you're on a site that allows this, please drop us a review. We'd love to hear from you and hear how we are doing. And if you just want to get in touch with us, drop us a message. We love to talk to people about photography and we'd love to know what you are interested in learning moving forwards. So thank you so much for joining me here today. I truly do love doing this. So thank you for being here with me. Let's adventure soon. Bye for now.